Hello, everybody. Good morning. Well, it's morning here anyway. We're on our way, as usual. We're heading somewhere off into the great unknown. We're actually not going into Iowa today, which is interesting, somewhat different. We're traveling around the great and glorious state of Missouri, which is as opposed to the regular state of Missouri. Which it's the great and glorious state in May. Yes, it is. May is, May is one of our two good months. <laughs> so there we are. It's beautiful. It's green out. All the baby horses are running around with their mamas. We're out in the middle of nowhere, as usual. So, what's the subject? What's the subject of the Three BY podcast today, Miss Spice? Well, some things related to wandering around in the great outdoors. Wandering around in the what happens when you wander around in the great outdoors? You find friends, friends who want to live with you, live on you, <laughs> live in you. Me. Make use of your beautiful, you dry. warm, homeostatically controlled living quarters. In other words, our friends, the parasites. I do a lot of work out at the place this time of year. And some just rambling around because it's nice out there, out at the place this year. And one thing the place can be counted upon once the uh, temperature hits 80 degrees or above is ticks and mosquitoes. Ticks, baby. We we other people grow cattle. <laughs> other people grow hogs. Other people grow chickens. We grow ticks. Well, we actually, if we didn't have as many deer as we had, we wouldn't have as many ticks either. We because do have that's a lot their... of deer. We do have a lot of ticks. We have a lot of turkey and deer at, our, at the place. So yeah, those ticks have to have something to live on besides me because they don't get much of me. Why don't they get much of you? Because I am not tick friendly. I have a couple of ways to dissuade those little guys from trying to latch on and suck my blood. First, even if when it's hot, long sleeves, long pants. Because the longer a walk it is for the critter to find skin, the less likely it is to get there and, and find you. I also do the unfashionable but extremely useful tuck my pant legs into the tops of my socks. Because... Otherwise, it's an open invite down there for somebody to crawl up the inside of your pant leg. So we've got, we've got several things going on in the summer, just so that you know. We are in, I guess you could say, prime territory for poison ivy. We had a lot of that, too. Yeah. A lot of that. So basically, when you're working at the place, it's long sleeve shirts. Even if they're very, very extremely light long sleeve shirts, it's long sleeve shirts. And it's pants tucked in. It's the way yep. it is. And it's hiking boots because the terrain is, it's not a manicured lawn out there. No. Nor what I want it to be. So not only am I wearing these long sleeves and pants, but I've also sprayed them all with permethrin spray. Sprayed the living dog snot out of them. Yeah. Permethrin is a kind of insecticide. The, the stuff I'm buying is not stuff that is safe to spray on your skin. It's not stuff you want to contact wet. What you do is you spray the clothes and the boots with it ahead of time. You let them completely dry. And then they are good to repel insects for about six weeks or about six washings. Okay, you, you go to uh, the big box store. We won't, we won't mention names, but the big box store, the one you're probably thinking of, has... The stuff. Now you go there and you go to the sporting goods section and you look for the bottles that say for clothing, not for skin. 
We just did this the other day. That's how I know this because I've never shopped with her before. But she had to go pick some up because she used up her batch. So you look for the for clothing, not for skin, and it's right there with the rest of the deed and other stuff like that. Yeah, because I leave a set of permethrin sprayed clothing out at the place, so in case I forget some on any given day, I'm set. Because you know I'm a prepper, so I'm prepared. That's right. And actually, you know, the, those of you who are super ridiculously uh, fashion conscious and those of you who are who are the type of person who if a, if a piece of cloth touches your skin it must be washed immediately once it leaves your skin you might not like this but what what she does is basically if it's not disgusting <laughs> she just takes takes her clothes off in the cabin and, and hey woohoo she takes yeah. her clothes off yeah i'm sorry <laughs> my guy i'm a guy they say uh, men can be pigs. Yeah, men are pigs. They <laughs> say. Anyway, I've totally, I, lo- I'm I'm of, I've totally lost. My I'm proud of it. myself. I've totally distracted him with that mental image. Yeah, I'm just, you're, I, yeah, I leave yeah. the set of stuff there. I change into it when I'm going to go out and uh, tend stuff where the grass is long. Anywhere I'm not on the short mowed area that we have a, as a fire break right around the cabin, and I just change right out of it. What I'm done with that kind of work. So, yeah, it's not the cleanest in the world, but I'm only wearing it to mow the lawn and plant a couple trees, and then I'm back out of it. So, so yeah, and it, and it can air launder. Air laundering is a real thing, by the way. It yeah, doesn't get, take the dirt off, but it takes the, you know, everything else just it goes helps. away. Because Now, this is very useful if you know you're going to be out there within the six-week time limit or so that the, the stuff can be counted upon to actually work. And not only do I not find ticks on myself almost ever when I'm out there with this stuff on, but every now and then I'll find one that managed to get there, and it's kind of laying against my skin where the uh, clothes press, you know how ticks like to find those spots to dig in? It'll be sitting there, but it'll be dead already, and it hasn't even bitten in. And most of the tick-borne diseases aren't injected efficiently with the first bite. You usually have to have the ticks stay on you for several hours to get significant transfer of most of the microbes that ticks. Now, I don't like ticks for their own sense, but I don't worry about them because they're going to take half a drop of my blood. That would just make them annoying. And disgusting. Yeah. But what makes them a problem is that they also tend to carry viral diseases that are transmissible to people. Yeah, it kind of depends on where exactly you are as to what your biggest risks are. Uh, we're in prime Lyme disease territory. That's not a, prime Lyme, no, no sir. And we're not? Well, we are I, in, I was, one of my friends had it. That's why I was Yeah, thinking. it's we're in marginal Lyme territory, but well, the she, East Coast is really prime. Karen had it because, and got it on a tick out of her place. Yes, you can get it here, oh, well. but it's much more abundant in tick populations along the East Coast. Live and learn. And a little huh. bit more north of us. So what are we in for? Heartland virus. Named Heartland because Missouri's nickname is sometimes Heartland. Yeah, we're right in the middle. <laughs> it was first discovered in Missouri. Yeah. For a long time they were confusing it with Lyme because, hey, look, you get a but funny rash. She you, had you get a fever. You get aches. She may have actually had Heartland and they thought it was Lyme. They do an antibody test to figure out which one is which. This has been 20 years ago. It, oh, yeah, then it may well have been. Okay, that makes sense. They they confused a lot of the different tick viral diseases for a long time because they all look the same. 
most people who are exposed to those things will actually be asymptomatic. Their immune whoa, 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 whoa. systems. Will... Big word, big word, big word. A without symptomatic, no symptoms. You get exposed to something, your immune system kicks its butt, you don't get sick, you have been asymptomatic. She she broke into science speak. Oh. oh. Don't I get paid by the syllable? What? No. Mm. Not in a podcast. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, most people who uh, get bitten by ticks with this stuff actually won't ever show symptoms. But if you do, it's definitely unpleasant and potentially catastrophic depending on how your immune system reacts to them and whether or not you get treated. Anywhere you go, it's kind of like poop. Yeah. It's just like poop. Uh, things like Lyme is bacterial. So you take antibiotics and you can clear it. But if you don't take antibiotics, it can get into a whole bunch of different body cells and cause long-term damage. All right. Brief scientific sidebar. Sidebar. Bacteria and viruses are not the same thing. Uh, bacteria are their very own tiny little free-living organisms. Their metabolisms are a little bit different than ours, and we know of some drugs that wreck their metabolisms without wrecking our metabolisms. Mostly. We call those drugs, yeah, mostly. We call those drugs antibiotics. So antibiotics work against bacteria. Mostly. Until they don't. Resistance right. is a story for a separate podcast, all right? Uh, viruses are not really even organisms at all. They're kind of like viruses. organic self-copying machines. They're, they get they're into their your, own little deal. They get into your cells. They hijack your cells, program your cells to pump out tons and tons of new little viruses. And the cells that are doing that are both attacked by your own immune system and not doing the job they were intended to do, which is why the viruses cause problems. Viruses are not susceptible to antibiotics. So please, please, don't go to the doctor and have them tell you you have a viral infection and pester them to give you antibiotics for it because it's not going to work. Absolutely. If you have a virus, you have a virus. They just have to deal with it. Oh, it'll do some perfectly bad things to your gut bacteria. Yeah, but... <laughs> but it won't do anything useful against a virus, it full stop. It will be harmful to you, because it will... Every time you do that, we're going to get back to the resistance, and we'll, we'll do a podcast on antiviral resistance sometime. Because Antibiotic. that's you. That's a you thing. Yep. We do you. Never, not everything is about prepping. Every, sometimes we have you in our podcast. So. And good overall health is an important part of prepping, in my in my view. So that's, yeah, we'll get back to that. So, pressing right along. Ticks. Long sleeves. Uh, permethrin, if you know it ahead of time. If you can't plan ahead of time for when you're going to be out or what you're going to be wearing, then the uh, DEET sprays are great. Because you can spray them on skin, you spray them on now, and they work now. They wash off. They don't last for more than a few hours. But Sorry, we while it's on you, it works great. That's what yeah. that's like. yeah. <laughs> a little distracted, no, watching all the loops go here and there and things. But yeah, so DEET. Uh, our emergency bags, we found a bunch of DEET dispensers that were about the size and shape of a permanent marker. 
uh, no more weight than that. Yeah, and they have about 50 sprays worth of DEET in them, which I've discovered is enough for about three full-body applications when you're being generous. Yeah, we found these on end-of-season sale a couple years ago. Yeah, they were under a dollar a piece. It does. I mean, it just lasts forever. So the thing to do is wait till the end of the season and, and when they go 50%, 75% off and just buy up. Just just start going nuts on it. No, I'd say you buy some now. Well, you buy some now so you have some. but And then you wait to stock up until it goes cheap at the end of the year. Not that we're cheap or anything, she lied. Can you do me a favor and set that GPS on, please? Got to turn the GPS. Not like I don't know where I'm going. It's just I like the what have the GPS going so I can because it always tells me how fast the speed limit is on the road. And since I am a law-abiding citizen and always inquire, encourage everybody to obey every single law, I kind of like to follow the speed limit. Not 65 here. Okay. So I'm uh, recommending a pen of deets. Uh, Pen-sized DEET sprayer in all your emergency bags, three-day bags, bug-out bags. Bug-out bags, that's why they call them that. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you'll occasionally also use the, the noceum netting stuff? I've tried it. I, we also found some of the noceum netting pants and shirt. They've got nice elastic that gathers at the wrist and the ankles. And they've got this big hood that you can pull over your head. And uh, it's a funky-shaped hood, so you can tie it off and have the noceum netting around your whole head. And we have a lot of flies at our place as well, because some of our neighbors run cattle. It's great with flies. And it was really good at keeping the ticks off. And noceums. Yeah, if you don't know about noceums, they're clouds of ex- extremely small, extremely annoying insects that you find in uh, some wetlands. We don't have a big problem with those, but we, in places where have, they do, they drive people crazy. Down by the old crazy. pond, there are sometimes some noceums, but up the hill, they're generally not. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. So they work well against the ticks. I thought they would be cooler than they were. Yeah, they're pretty warm. They, they actually. Yeah, the air doesn't get through those tiny little uh, gaps in the mesh very well, it turns out. So they're good for early spring and, and fall. But not mosquitoes. So middle of the day, fine, because there's not a lot of mosquitoes out middle of the day. But if there is room for the mosquito to land on the netting and its pointy bits will still reach your skin, they'll proviscus. actually bite through. It's proboscis. I don't get paid by the syllable. See there? I avoided that on purpose. I knew that word. You know I did. She nailed me. (laughs) So yeah, noceum netting doesn't work as well as I'd hoped. Uh, Black flies, I'm pretty sure, would bite through it too, having met some black flies while I was down in uh, the south. Black flies are nasty little things. Yeah. They might bite through denim. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them at this point. <laughs> okay, that's an exaggeration. But, all right. Uh, the mosquitoes, their problem is viral. A lot of the tick stuff is bacterial. The viral stuff, mosquitoes carry that. Around yeah. here, West, West Nile. Nile. Yeah, I was going to say, here, we, I do know this. We're West Nile Central. We've yeah. got a lot of West Nile mosquitoes around here. And that's a real deal. 
I had uh, somebody laughing the other day. They pointed out to a conservation agent uh, that uh, some big black bird had uh, died by the side of the road outside his place. And the conservation agent asked if he killed it. He was like, no, it was just here. And the conservation agent took it away to do an autopsy. And the guy just thought that was the funniest thing ever, that this bird that was probably killed by a truck had been hauled away by a conservation agent for an autopsy. Actually, necropsy, because that's what you do on animals. I'm like, uh, yeah, he's probably checking for West Nile virus in that bird. Because that was the right kind of bird to get the virus. And when whole bunches of crows start dying from West Nile virus in your area, you can bet human beings are going to start showing up with West Nile virus too. Because the same mosquitoes feed from both species. Yeah. It's, it's, we we kind of try and pay attention to, this is a bit of an aside, but we try and kind of, try to kind of pay attention to the local animal diseases that we have around here. Right now we're in, we're in the chronic wasting disease uh, deer area. It's not bad here yet. Not bad it's here, reached yeah. here. And then we also have something called blue tongue around here, which is actually worse probably than the chronic wasting disease as far as the, the infection rate. So, but we're in the monitoring area for that. So, you know, we kind of try and pay attention. That has nothing to do yeah. with the... If you're thinking you may be eating the local animals or sharing habitat with the local animals, it's a good thing to keep in mind because some diseases can be transmitted back and forth. There has been no evidence that chronic wasting disease has been transferred from deer to people by eating badly prepared venison or anything else. So I'm not going to say it's happening, but I am going to say that a very similar disease, perhaps a version of the very same disease in cattle, causes mad cow or variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob Is it a prion disease. disease? It's a prion disease. It's a prion disease. Prion diseases are nasty. You do not, whatever you, there's a kind of disease you don't want, prion diseases are on that list because they just, meh. Yeah, chronic debilitating nervous system d- disintegrates, your brain gets all spongy, and you die. Yeah, that's, and cooking that's a, that's a doesn't no. kill it, which is different from most of the other foodborne illnesses. The thing about um, the thing about uh, chronic wasting disease in deer is, you know, once the deer the animal has had it for a while, um, then you have uh, you shoot that animal, and you have no desire to eat the food on that animal because it looks horrible. You just, you know, hey, this is just nasty. I'm not going to eat this thing. Well, it's called chronic wasting disease. You can I mean, pretty much get the picture. From but the there's, a, there's a period on that disease where they don't look bad. They look like normal deer, you know, and so that's why they're testing it because you can't really tell just by looking unless it's an advanced state of the disease. If so that anyway, has that. alarmed you, the basic idea is... Don't cut through the brain or the spinal cord when you're butchering the deer. And your risk of uh, transmitting a prion disease like CWS goes way, way, way down. It's not found in meat. It's found in nervous tissue. And it's mostly in the brain and spinal cord. So don't eat the brain. Don't eat the spinal cord. Don't cut through the the, uh, vertebral column when you're doing your butchering because that transfers it to meat. People eat it that way. All righty. Anything else you wanted to say about the the little blood-sucking menaces? Uh, If you're in the South, Zika is now spreading through the South. What is it? Zika virus. Oh, Zika, yeah. 
we're not likely to get it in northern Missouri because the species of mosquito that transmits it doesn't like our winters. It's more of a subtropical species. So we're not likely to get it. And there are other kinds of insect-borne diseases. Hey, if you live in the desert southwest, you can actually get the plague. Woohoo! I know that uh, that uh, armadillos are carriers of the plague. Yes, and leprosy. Woohoo! Armadillos. So if you ever sometimes. don't don't snuggle up next to an armadillo. <laughs> in and case if you got one on the road, tempted. if you got one on the roadkill, and there's always an armadillo on the roadkill, you know, just don't. Texas speed bumps, right? Leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In uh, fact, in fact, uh, we're actually to, we're far enough north that we rarely see an armadillo, but I occasionally will see one uh, a couple hours south of where we are. We'll see them yeah. as roadkill. But they work their way up in the summer, and then they die back in the winter. Yeah. Uh, just so that you know, if you don't know Missouri, where we are, uh, what zone are we in? Six? Five? 5B. Five 5B. Five okay, we're in 5B, and uh, we're likely to get a temperature range this is a likely temperature range yearly in Fahrenheit of about 110 is the most we'll get. I mean, it really doesn't get any hotter than that in the summer. It seldom and gets that hot. Yeah, and 100 is par for the course. Yeah, 100, 100 it gets hot. It gets to be 100 probably a couple of weeks a year. And in the winter, it will get down to about the coldest it generally gets to is about minus 10. It doesn't really get too below that. I mean, it's been below that. I remember a minus 18 night a couple of years ago, three years ago, I think it was. We got down to minus 18. And that was, that was starting to get a little chilly. But uh, minus 6, minus 8 on a night is very common in the winter. We didn't really have that this last winter. We had a very mild winter. Um, of course, you know, we are in one of those areas that is very much seeing... A climate shift, and for us, it's good. We're in the we're yeah. in the yeah go climate shift go because you're mellowing out our climate. No, it's except nicer for, the, for picnics except, and stuff like that. But except it's, for the tornadoes and thunderstorms and and floods and, floods and, droughts, and droughts and the fact that it's really hard on the natural living world. We're seeing shifts in the plants and animal communities, and that's but it gonna, makes better picnics. It makes better picnics. It so made this winter a heck of a lot more pleasant for yeah, us. Yeah, we, we don't get... Didn't have the, to shovel much snow. We didn't okay. get really much the ice we used to get. Back when uh, I... Well, we're going to do back when I no. was a kid. Back when I <laughs> was a kid. Back, back when in the age of the Model T is when the Model Ts were replacing the horse. Actually, back in 1977, 78. Um, she's old enough to remember that. I'm several years older than her, but she's old enough to remember it, too. Um, she was south of St. Louis, so she was quite a bit south of where I was. This is... After I had moved back to uh, the Midwest, those winters had so much snow that literally they were calling in the National Guard to feed cattle from helicopters. I mean, it was ridiculous, the amount of snow we had. We had northern Canada levels of snow. Couldn't get from point A to point B. You just couldn't do it. You know, there there was, where we lived, we were the last... We were a little bit out in the country. We were the last good, easy-to-reach place on our school bus stop. And a snowstorm hit, and they, they sent the kids home, but they couldn't go any farther north than us. So 
we had like 20 school bus kids at our house one night until their parents could get their tractors or whatever else they could get over the snow out there to pick them up. We had one family that lived that way out in the country with us for two weeks, their kids, because they, they couldn't get home. Fortunately, the phone lines didn't go down that time. No. And uh, so that's good. So their parents knew where they were, and that was fine because we, you know, it's, it's country. Everybody knows everybody. And it was one of my sister's best friends anyway, so her and her brother. So anyway, besides so, the point. Uh, <laughs> Desert Southwest, watch the mouse droppings. Most people get it, get the uh, plague when they're cleaning out places where mice have spent a lot of time. They're sweeping up the mouse feces. The uh, microbes are in the mouse feces. They inhale them in the dust. That's how most people get the plague these days. Okay, I've got one more thing for you, and uh, this is going to... Uh, I'm already scratching my head, because this is it's subliminally... Yeah. Um, <laughs> one other thing is, you know, you, lot, you go to the store, right? You go to the store, and you're looking at something, and you try on a hat, because, you know, you're looking for a new hat or something. Be very careful doing that, especially with kids, because life transfers that way. And I know somebody who, whose twelve-year-old got a head full of lice because they tried on a bunch of different hats at a big box store. Just something to consider. That's another type of little vampire out there. And as unpleasant as that is today, and lice have never gone away because kids are little microbe factories, and they they may not want to share their toys, but by golly, they are going to share their germs with you. <laughs> so. Um, eh. It's not going to get better if there is an event that makes public services hard to get. Right. If you can't just run the washing machine anytime you want, if you can't get to the laundromat and get the laundry done, if there isn't hot water for showers, people's hygiene is not going to improve. And that increases the disease risk transmission quite a bit, which is something we will touch perhaps on a different podcast, because this yeah. one's getting a little long, Yeah, is so, uh, waterborne disease issues. Yes, we're going to talk about waterborne disease issues. On a, In fact, you may actually have heard that podcast before you hear this podcast, because we're, we're taping them together. That was the other one we have prepared. And then there's going to be, in the future, we're going to talk about um, options for doing laundry without power. Uh, what to watch out for, what to do, and also um, personal hygiene without power and without water. Uh, I'll give you a pre, uh, a pre, prequel, prequel. Um, short hair is good in an emergency. Keep your hair short. It will, you, you, it'll just make personal hygiene so much better if you don't have long hair. Uh, so much easier to take care of yourself, and because when water's limited, you know, people don't realize how people who have long hair don't realize how much water they use taking care of that long hair. So that's a different podcast. So for today, we're going to wrap this up. I am salty, and I'm spice. Thank you for listening. And as always, if you want to help out the show, help out the podcast, uh, you can leave comments on. Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. We put a thread up for every podcast. Share our, share our website with your friends. 
and really share our website with your friends. Stop what you're doing now and, and go to your social media. And a, a couple of those friends, everybody has a couple of friends they know are preppers. So just share our links with your friends. That that will help us out more than anything. We're we're trying to grow this uh, organically from a grassroots type thing. It's free uh, at the moment, probably for, for a long time. There's no advertising of any kind. We're not sponsored in any way. This is just a personal project of ours. So uh, we Try hope to you enjoy you it. But the best thing you can do to help us is to share our links and help us grow that way. Okay? Okay. May the parasites find you unappealing. Yeah. Let's not get bit. Let's not get bit. See you next time.